Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg, and with me together again today is John. John, how you doing? Uh, good. My dog, Leela, is also sitting on my lap. I see that. I see uh, that. Look, cute Hopefully high. she will make no noise. Yeah, there was one week, I think, where she was barking pretty crazy, but that's fine. Yeah, Dog, once uh, dogs do once that. my kid's in bed, we'll, the dog will go upstairs. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, oh, and I already broke my rule because remember I said I was going to not ask how you are. I was going to ask how tired are you? How tired are you today, John? Uh, I'm not bad. Uh, I, you know, working like 12 days in a row, you just kind of get used to it. And I have my long weekend uh, starting today. I have tomorrow off. Whoa. One <laughs> one day weekend? Dude, that's a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I was walking out of the the post office today. I'm like, woo, one day weekend. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Well, it's funny too because I so ever since we opened um, June first, like back to customers, the store has been extra busy. It's just the way it is. Game collecting is really hot right now, and and we've had some monster trades come in, so it's been busy because we're buying a lot of stuff. It's been busy because we have the the mask um, mandate that we we put into place. And so like everything's a little more stressful, everything's a little more busy. So I gave Dave, Dom and I all a weekend off in August. And, uh, but I was looking at August and there actually wasn't weekend for me. Like I got those two, their weekends off and I was like, not really another one, but I'm taking a labor day weekend. So the weekend before labor day leading into labor day, I'm taking that whole weekend off. And so that's like my little mini break. So I have to wait till September. So it's still like, you know, five weeks away. (laughs) <laughs> but in five weeks, I'm going to get like four days off in a row. Yeah, which is awesome. And to be fair, I did have six weeks off back in the spring. <laughs> so it's not it's not like I haven't had time off this year or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny at the post office, I like since our schedules are done kind of weird. I'm just like, hey, I'll get maybe someday off <laughs> at some point. <laughs> like. Because you, you don't know what your your schedule... They do schedules on Tuesday. And so, like, going into, like, the weekend, you're like, ah, maybe someday next, in, in this month, I'll get a day off. So, they make it one week at a time, and they make it every Tuesday? Yeah. Yep. I remember at GameStop, we had to make the schedule, and I want to say I had to have it up by Wednesday or Thursday at the latest. So, sometimes you wouldn't put it up till Thursday, and, like, the first day people were working was Sunday. <laughs> like, I should probably get this up earlier. Yeah, they GameStop started doing two weeks at a time, which I liked because um, you just know you kind of know how to plan your your month. Yeah, well, and I actually do my schedule a month at a time, which can be a little frustrating because maybe at the beginning of July you don't know that you need the last weekend of July off yet. Um, but it's never really been a problem. Like we we make it work, and if somebody needed to swap days off or something, as long as we have enough notice, we can pretty much make anything work. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, so speaking of GameStop though, it's, it's a good segue because that's what we're going to be talking about as our story today is that GameStop was in the news recently because they had a, they, they recently announced that they're going to mandate masks be worn in their store. Uh, so we're going to talk, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but it, it, it segued a little bit also into my rant of the week, which is about, um, business accountability and personal accountability. So basically he, here's the rant this week. Um, I, I, I'll be the first to say this. Okay. I, I chose to have masks worn in my store. I wish everybody would wear masks. 
but I do not think the government should have had to mandate it, right? I, I think ultimately, um, that, that's where a lot of people don't understand me because I'm very socially liberal, but actually quite um, fiscally conservative. And I don't mean fiscally conservative as in uh, like I don't want um, safety nets and I don't want um, what what they would call um, well, I forget what the entitlement programs entitlements yeah yeah I don't I don't I don't agree with that um, mostly because uh, we won't get to see Social Security I don't think even though I've been paying <laughs> into it for 24 years um, I don't think I'll get a single penny out of it by the time I'm old and gray but. The word entitlement is always funny to me because, well, they are entitled to it because they paid into it. It's not a bonus. It's not like something the government's giving them for free. Like you literally your whole life pay into security, Social Security if you had a job. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, um, the rant, though, is that, yes, I, I don't want the government to mandate things. Like I don't want the city of Green Bay, which just voted to do a mask mandate on all public indoors. I don't want the governor to have to mandate closures and and, and face mask wearing. Right. And at first I thought I did, but I don't because it, it should never be something that's forced upon us. Right. And it wouldn't have to be. And here's where the rant comes in, John. It wouldn't have to be if businesses and people did the right thing without being pushed to, you know, and, and that's, I think that's what's always so frustrating to me. It's like when I talk about how much I pay my people and I try to pay them a good working wage and I try to pay them something that I think is fair. And I wasn't forced to pay someone because of a minimum wage boost. I wasn't forced to make people wear masks in my store. I chose to do that. That was the responsible thing to do. So I did that. You chose to put I, on the mask. I chose. Um but <laughs> but so the 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 point is is that we wouldn't have to have government mandates if companies did the right thing and if people could do the right thing. People weren't wearing masks. So the government has to step in when when people aren't doing it on their own. And and I actually think you get an adverse effect from that, right? I think that most people are going to say, well, I didn't want to wear a mask and now you're forced me to. Well, now I really don't want to wear a mask. You know, like I don't think it's going to have a positive outcome. In fact, I think it's yeah. going to upset more people. Yeah. And, the no, I heard about uh, the mask. The mandate goes into effect on the 27th. And um, we already see enough of those videos of like, karens in stores like just starting crap just to start crap about masks and the mandate basically says that uh uh business can call the cops if somebody's not willing to to adhere to the mandate and then the cops will give them a disorderly conduct fine yeah like ten dollars um, i think is it only ten bucks i heard it's a ten dollar fine but here's the crazy thing uh businesses that don't abide by it can lose their license, their operating licenses. Wow. So it, yeah. And, and so that's, and, and we're going to talk about this with the GameStop thing, because I, I believe that there are some issues with putting the workers on the front lines of defending this. And, and so we're going to hit that from a few different angles. Um, but this one, like, again, it, it, I don't like that I'm being mandated to do it. I, I'm to totally fine with the decision. I wanted to do it. And I'm glad that it was my choice. And at first I thought, oh, it'd be really nice if the government said we had to, because then I could just pass the buck, right? I could just, I could pass the blame and say, hey, sorry if you're mad. It's not my fault. Remember, I'm just a poor businessman just trying to make things work. No, I mean, like, that's a way to, to not take responsibility for your actions. And I want to take responsibility for this action, be it right or wrong. I, I, I own it. I made this call. And more 
we wouldn't have to have government involvement if more people and more businesses stepped up. So what were the big stores this week that came out and started talking about it? Walmart is like finally going to start Target, doing Target Oscar, Walmart. A festival here in town is doing it, but um, Kroger, which owns like Pick and Save, yep. um, they're doing it. So basically a lot of big retailers are finally like, hey, we're doing it. Walmart's the biggest one. Let's just use Walmart as an example. They're going to start doing it. Okay, where were they two months ago? You know, I'm sorry. Like to do it now you know, like literally two months ago and three months ago, they were saying, Hey, we got to do this. We got to slow the curve. And then, uh, we gotta be careful that it doesn't come back when we reopen. I mean, look at it right now. They, this is exactly what they anticipated would happen. Cases on the rise, green Bay in particular, second most cases in the state only behind like the Milwaukee area. Damn. So, you know, obviously we have to be extra careful. Um, but that's my rant, right? Is that now businesses by definitions are profit generators. So the idea that a business has a soul or a life or has a conscience is not a thing. But the people in charge of that business do. And ultimately, if the people in charge of those businesses did the right thing and and didn't wait for the government to have to mandate it so that they could have an out, I think we'd be in a better spot. And it's also the people. Like I said, it's the people that refuse to wear a mask or refused to, to social distance, and then they had to shut everything down. I had to shut my store down because the weekend before we shut down, we were the busiest non-sale weekend we've ever had because people were out and about and they wanted games. And they, a lot of people, I think, saw the writing on the wall. Kids were going to be off of school. And so we had to be responsible and say, look, we're a small store. We pack it full. We buy things from people that we sell to other people. Like we have to be responsible because if we don't, these people are going to keep coming in, buying, selling, touching everything and helping spread it. You know, and and so that was just my rant was I wish more businesses and individuals would take responsibility so that the government didn't have to step in because I don't I don't want the government to step in. I'd prefer it if we could just all as a society be like, hey, this is the right thing to do. And I know there was a lot of different people, right? And a lot of different opinions. And I know I hope it's not too many people that listen to this, but I know that there's people out there that straight up don't believe in the masks. They don't believe in vaccines. They don't believe. And that's. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I just I've always listened to the science. I listen to the science and the experts. And I know you could say, oh, well, but there's proof that this scientist is lying or this scientist was wrong. That's the big one that kind of irks me lately is they're like, well, in the beginning they said this, but now they're saying this. Well, that's science, man. You learn you're studying and you, and you, you you're you know, we're studying something new and we're figuring it out. You know, you don't always have all the answers day one. And and stop listening to Jenny McCarthy. Well, that's good Singled advice. Out was a great show. <laughs> that's, but, good, that's good advice any day of the week. Yeah, but she may not be the, the authority on vaccines Probably or really not. much of anything other than e-cigarettes. Mm. Well, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about that, but uh, that's... She, that's... She, uh, shortly after she came out against vaccines, she did a bunch of commercials for the blue e-cigarettes. Oh, sure. So it's like, don't... Don't do vaccines, but mmm, these delicious e-cigarettes. Mm. They're they're probably good for you. Um, yes, but, but yes. So that's just my rant of the week. Is I wish, as a society, as people, as businesses, as people who own businesses, if we were more responsible, I don't think we'd have to have government mandates. And I am not a fan of the government mandate side of it, and not because of a quote unquote slippery slope. Like I, I I don't like that argument when it comes to stuff like this. It's just we should do it because it's right. So for instance, I'm going to share a quick story. When I was in Japan a few years ago, we uh, we were in uh, Hiroshima and we were we were pat- we were kayaking essentially paddle boating from the main 
island to a little island off the shore. It was like a 15 to 20 minute, maybe it was like 10 or 15 minute boat, like paddle ride out to this island. And so we paddle out there and on our way there, the, um, the, the, the tide was high. So we were actually able, normally when it's low, you can walk out in this dock and there's a Tory gate right there at, uh, off one of the docks. The tide okay. was high. So we were actually going to boat around it. And so as we're getting close to it, our guide just says, just, you know, um, uh, this is a gate, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be going near it. Please don't touch it as we go by. It's, it's not meant to be touched. It's disrespectful. Please don't touch it. And we're like, okay, that makes sense. If that existed in the United States, it would have to have like a 30 foot buffer with ropes and electric fences and everything else because people don't take personal <laughs> responsibility and they'd walk up to it and be like, oh, hey, you shouldn't touch this. It's disrespectful. And they just and they would just walk up to it and they would just touch it. I know they would. It's it's like, it's totally different culture. I know. But it just, that's what it reminded I saw that stuff and they just had an expectation that, hey, there's a rule and this is a common decency thing. And people just didn't do it. People didn't touch it. You know? And I just feel like it's kind of connected to this in the sense that, like, we should just be told, like, don't do that. And then as a society, we realize, yeah, let's not do that. But it's it just like the idea of freedom, I think, has become really warped in this country. And I, I don't want, I'm not trying to get political on this. Obviously, we're talking about video games here. But I just feel like freedom's been twisted. Like the concept of freedom is being twisted into like a selfish freedom, you know? And it's like freedom nowadays is what what's best for you and not and screw everybody else. And, and I, it's, just, right. it's killing me lately. You know, like what makes a free society is everyone being free not just the the haves and not just the 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 people who who you know were were were, live in a different area of that country and ultimately what makes a country great are the people and the actions of the people in it and so if we are being selfish and crappy then aren't we by definition our country is not great because we're the people in it aren't great. And that's not saying there aren't great people here. Obviously, a lot of great people in this country, and I love it here. And I'm not saying like it's not a great country. I'm just saying that we're only as good as we as how we act when we're here. So anyway, that's it. Rant over. I already spent like 10 minutes longer on that than I wanted to. But it just, <laughs> you know, that's it. That's that's my rant of the week. So with that being said, John, <laughs> our first story of the day and only story of the day, now that we've gone to a one story a day week sort of topic uh we're gonna be talking about gamestop again which uh to many of our viewers i'm gonna assume they're sick of hearing about it (laughs) (laughs) and uh and i i think i heard a collective groan from the listeners out there but this one i thought was pretty big um mostly because you uh you had an issue with how they handled the COVID 19 situation back in march so much so that you really kind of boycotted the store uh, for anybody watching or listening to this who doesn't know, John and I both worked at GameStop for a very long time. I worked there for 11 years. John, how long did you work there? Uh, ten and a half. Ten and a half. So like, we, we both put in a very long time there. Uh, and so we obviously have a lot to say, and we still have a lot of friends that work there. So we care about it. And we're, we're quite passionate about the company, a company that gave us a lot. We worked really hard for it, but it, it taught us a lot, and we learned a lot there. Um, and so the story this week, this was the headline. This is on Vice. GameStop will require customers to wear masks, but workers say they can't enforce it. So it was really weird, right? So this was the other day. I saw the headline. This is July 17th. And I saw the headline that GameStop's going to mandate all customers which must wear masks in their stores. They're like, oh, that's that's a big step. Good job, GameStop. 
because what I don't think people realize or a lot of people don't realize or don't want to realize, and I'm not going to get into the whole should you wear a mask debate, but what I'm going to say is a lot of people don't realize that when we are working and we wear a mask, it's to make sure that if I have the virus, I'm not helping spread it to you. So when they put a mask mandate in the store for the customers, that's really to help the staff and to help the other customers in the store to protect them. And so it's not about making someone wear a mask so they don't get sick. Like if, if, if wearing a mask was only to protect yourself, then I could see it's like wearing a seatbelt, right? It's, it's kind of like, well, you know, or wearing a bike helmet's probably the better, better example, right? Uh, since motorcyclists lobbied to not have to wear helmets, but you get (laughs) fined if you don't wear a seatbelt. Um, but the idea is that if it's just to protect yourself, you should have the freedom to not want to protect yourself, I guess, if you want to, right? And, but this is different. This is kind of like the indoor smoking ban that's been in effect everywhere now for a long time is that the smoke you were exhaling wasn't just hurt. The smoking you were doing wasn't just hurting you. It was hurting the other people around you. And so you hear that though. And you go, well, this is great. This is GameStop saying, look, we got to take care of our employees. This is a big step for them. And it only took about one minute of looking into this (laughs) before you realize that like, it was just this big positive, try to get some, some positive press and there's nothing behind it. There's nothing behind right. it at all. So an internal memo explains a contradiction that many retailers are facing as mask wearing becomes part of the nation's culture war. The article goes on to say, as COVID-19 cases continue to rise in a variety of states, GameStop announced today that it was joining CVS, Target, and other major retailers in requiring customers to wear a face mask. The updated mask policy is scheduled to take effect on July 27th, but according to an internal GameStop memo distributed to employees that Vice Games verified with three different workers, GameStop employees are not allowed to enforce the mask requirement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the article goes on to say, quote, do not refuse service to a customer that refuses to wear a mask or a face covering. Do not ask a customer to leave the store if they are not wearing a mask or face covering. When confronted uh, when confronted with a customer not wearing a mask, the memo instructs employees to, quote, calmly ask the customer what you can assist them with and complete their transaction as quickly as possible, end quote. The memo, titled Best Practices for Addressing Customers Not Wearing a Mask Face Covering, was distributed at the exact same time as the company's public announcement. Um, in response... To, okay, actually, before I get to that, because that's uh, that's I want to talk about that. I think that's fair. Uh, that what their response was. So, John, when you hear that, what's what's your first reaction to mandating a mask policy and then telling your employee, giving your employees advice on what to do when people don't want to wear a mask, and it's basically just let them be. They're not going to be able to enforce that in any way. They're, it's. It's ridiculous because they're basically saying, don't even bring it up. Like, if somebody comes in without a mask, like, you're, like, I would assume they're going to put out a sign that says masks are required, but then people are going to walk in and they're going to ignore the sign. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and I think this is another one of those situations, and I felt like this a lot as an employee there, and I don't know how you if you felt the same, but I felt that that company consistently put me in a position or consistently put me in a position to not be able to do my job to the fullest. Like they, they were constantly throwing things in your way or they, they, they were always giving you some challenge to make your job more difficult when sometimes they can't just get out of the way. And I feel like that's 
part of the issue here. They're not giving their employees the tools to be successful in this venture. So it just feels kind of like an empty promise. Now, with that being said, I do totally understand the concern with uh, with the violence that people, some people have been experiencing uh, being a frontline worker and with the craziness that goes along with some people not wanting to wear masks. Um, yeah. You know, and, and working at GameStop for a long time and, and actually working all my jobs before that, you're often instructed, for instance, say there's a shoplifter. And I know, I know you know this because you blatantly ignored this. So with a shoplifter, <laughs> with a shoplifter, if someone steals something and they're running out the door, you let them go. You don't chase them down. You don't know that they don't have a knife or a gun. Um, if someone robs your store, you don't try to kick the gun out of their hand like Jackie Chan. You know, you 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 give them the money. You completely comply, and then you live essentially, right? So I understand that what most likely is driving this is that they don't want to have an issue in their store. Now, you could you could argue the reason they don't want to have an issue in their store is because they don't want to be open to lawsuits, <laughs> which, you know, is more realistic. Like if you get shot while working at GameStop and killed, well, your family's most likely going to sue the company and make a bunch of money, much more money. They're going to lose much more money than if you just given them the $400 in the safe or whatever. Yeah. So... Now, I, I, I jokingly said that about you, but you, there was someone who was committing like credit card fraud or something, if I remember correctly. And yes. you literally chased them down in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> and, I remember, and I remember telling you, and I'll let you tell the story, but I remember telling you, you got a family, man. You can't do that. You got to be safer than that. You got to be smarter than that. So I'll fill in the rest of that story because uh, I didn't. So what had happened? is there was a there was a gang of uh, younger Hispanic guys that were coming in and they had they had cloned credit cards that they had skimmed off of gas pumps. So uh, I don't pay at the pump uh, because of this reason. but when you when you pay at the pump, you put your card and you pull it out. and what they had installed was they installed a credit card reader that, copied your your strip and then they would leave it in the pump for like a week or whatever and then they would go back and they would get their reader out of there and then they would dump the information onto a computer and then they would print cards with your number but their name on them so what they were doing then with these cards is they were buying gift cards for hundreds of dollars at every store in the mall that they could and then they would go through and then they would get a, the customer would find out that their card had been stolen and then you'd, you'd find out later. So I had, um, oh, the, the other weird thing about it is, so I came in and a guy tried to buy a Vita from me and he used two credit cards to pay for it. Uh, one went through for like 140 bucks, and then he's and it it only gave him that much. And then the next card he charged the rest of it, which was like 70 bucks. And that's not totally weird. Not, um, not somebody using two weird, credit yeah. cards, yeah. yeah like I, it, it's unwise to to overextend yourself and and spend money you don't have. But whatever. But that's 90 percent of our customers, so. 
<laughs> right. So, so like three days later, I get a call from a guy from Milwaukee who says that his card was used to buy something for one hundred and eighty-seven dollars and whatever change at my store, and I was thinking about the amount, and I I remembered that transaction, and so then I was talking to my assistant manager about it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I had a guy buy a two hundred fifty dollar gift card." And he used nine different credit cards to pay for it. And and she's like, yeah, one swipe for like 15, one swipe for 50. And it took him nine credit cards before he could he could pay for it. And I was just like, holy shit. Well, why like, would you what? do that? Yeah, why would you right. do that? Right, I was like, <laughs> holy, holy red flag. Um, and so that put them on my radar. And then I was leaving for the day one day, and I just had, I had my jacket on, and I was about to walk out the door, and I told my my SGA, I said, hey, be on the lookout for younger Hispanic guys in their, like, mid-20s that are buying gift cards with credit cards, uh, high-value gift cards with credit cards. And so, as I'm about to walk out, a guy fitting this exact description comes in and asks the the girl I just mentioned it to to buy a $250 gift card. So can I ask you a question real quick? And, I don't know how far you went into this, but so what was the point of buying the gift card? So if the credit, like they couldn't, like was that something that never couldn't get canceled? If like they, if so they avoid all what, the transaction, they keep the gift card? What they were doing was they would sell the gift card on Blackhawk Network. Ah, which uh, okay, sure. also goes by card pool and certain gift cards have certain values. So like an eBay gift card or an Amazon gift card has pretty much a one-to-one dollar value. So if you buy an Amazon gift card and then you sell it to Blackhawk network, let's say you have a $500 Amazon gift card, you're going to get like $485 for it on Blackhawk network. Sure. Sure. And then, whereas if you have like, an Olive Garden gift card for a hundred bucks, you might get $30 $50 for it. Yeah. Um, Nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah, they want to buy high value gift cards and they want to sell them afterwards. And um, it, what's funny is Blackhawk Network, if you go on their website and you try to find these expensive gift cards, you won't see them. They only show you smaller dollar amount gift cards. But if you email them, then they will tell you about the more expensive gift cards that they have. Sure, sure. Because it's shady as hell. Mm, okay, so anyway, um, sorry. So getting back to the story. But yeah, so so I, I mentioned to her to be on the lookout for it, and then a dude comes in and buy and to buy a two hundred fifty dollars gift card. And for people that are not aware, buying a two hundred fifty dollars gift card is weird at GameStop. It's it's rare. Like yeah. Like you're you're not gonna buy that. Like, let's say you have a, a nephew that that's their birthday, you're probably gonna either buy them a gift card around the price of a game, or if you want to get extravagant, you might buy them a console. But you're not gonna buy them a weird giant gift card for the most part. It's it's just bizarre. Yeah. So, so the guy rang through the gift card. I hung out in the store until he walked out. And I told my employee to immediately call loss prevention and put a freeze on that gift card. Uh, so she did that. 
Uh, while she was doing that, I also had her call mall security and tell, told them to meet me uh, by GameStop. So while I was waiting for mall security, he walked into Victoria's Secret across the hall. And so I'm milling around in Victoria's Secret trying to act like I'm looking at random crap uh, some, and paying attention fresh, to what he's doing. Some fresh undies for yourself, yeah. So he goes straight to the counter and asks them to buy a $250 gift card. Uh, so after he, they complete that transaction, um, and they're walking, the guy walks out, I tell their employee, I'm like, you may want to call your loss prevention and, and freeze that gift card. Um, and then I followed the guy out and he's walking toward what was Shopco at the time. So the mall security person's walking towards me. And so I jump up and down and I'm like waving my arms and like pointing at me, <laughs> like trying to get her attention to like follow, follow me in lockstep. So I was like, Hey, do you know what's going on? She's like, yep. I'm like, all right, that's the guy. Um, and the guy keeps, he keeps turning around and looking at me like, what, what, what do you want? Uh, cause he noticed me. And, uh, so I, I told the mall security person, I'm like, Hey, are you going to say something to, to him to like slow him down? And she's like, yeah, uh, let me let me say something. So she asks the guy, she's like, hey, can we talk to you for a minute? And he's like, he's like, I'm just going to my car. I'm just going to my car. And she's like, well, let's 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 talk for a minute. And so we stop at the entrance to Shopco by their uh, where their packer stuff used to be right in sure. across from the customer service desk. And he is madly texting on his phone. And the the girl asks him. She's like, are you, uh, are you using stolen credit cards to buy gift cards in the mall today? <laughs> All right. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to my car. I'm just going to my car. And uh, so another security guard uh, comes up to us, the head security guy. And um, he tells the guy, he's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to wait for Ashwaubenon Police Department to, to come and we'll have a chat. And the guy's like looking around anxiously and at that point he just bolts and he runs out the the door by the customer service and as he runs out the door, he slammed the door into the hip of the girl that was following him. The security guard. Yeah. And so I had my phone out and my mindset was... I'm going to follow him and take a picture of the license plate of the vehicle he gets into. What was was she chasing him like running after him? She was. Is and mall security supposed to do that? I feel like that's not protocol. No. Um so so I chase after him and he runs he runs toward the where the pharmacy drive-through was and he passes the optical door by Shopco. And as he passes the optical door, he throws the bags that he had in his hands into the air. Uh, and he had a footlocker bag with, like, some shoes in it. He had the Victoria's Secret bag, and he had the uh, GameStop bag mm. with the gift card in it. He just flings everything in the air, and he, uh, he keeps running. I'm, I just kept running after him. And uh, he turns the corner by the, the pharmacy drive-thru, and it had rained that morning 
And so when he turned the corner at the pharmacy drive-thru, he slipped and fell. Mm. And when he slipped and fell, he had his wallet in his hand, and he also had a stack of like nine or ten credit cards in his other hand. And so when he slipped, they all flew everywhere. <laughs> and so at him, at his wallet, which was like four feet away from him, and I grabbed his wallet really quickly. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, give me that. And I was like, no. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so he he grabbed onto me and tried to get the wallet from me, but he was like ninety pound weakling. And so I easily was able to break out of his grasp and I ended up wrapping my arms around him and pinning his arms to his side. Oh my goodness, and man. So I was basically just bear hugging this guy. And then as soon as I did that, Ashwaban on PD pulled up like two feet off my hip and uh, PD bursts out of the car and they're like, get on the effing ground. <laughs> and they got out and they're, they're pointing their guns at the dude. And he is trying to insinuate that I mugged him. Oh, <laughs> because I had his wallet. Now, keep in mind, mall security was like three feet behind me. Mm. So they saw the whole thing. So it's not like this guy's story was going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just say, that is that is a great story, and I'm glad you have it to tell. And you tell it very well. <laughs> you have a family, dude. What if he had a knife or something? This is exactly what I said when you told me this story the first time, all those years ago. <laughs> I was like, dude, what if? And I know that's scary stuff, and I know we don't think about it. You can't do that. Okay, so... Well, I won't be doing that anymore, but... Well, say, say you're on your route, and you see someone, like, mug an old lady... Call the cops and then go help the old lady. Don't chase the mugger, okay? Just be <laughs> careful. But that is still a wild, wild story. So uh, now to wrap it back around, basically, I can understand why GameStop would not want its employees to like chase down criminals. Um, I get it. And obviously, the way the world is right now, uh, masks have become political. I talked about it on the podcast here. We got... The worst that's happened to us is some people scoff at us and some people call us communists, but that's it. <laughs> um, but I, so I get it. I get that they, and, and it shouldn't be up to the employees. And, and here's the problem I have with it. The problem I have with it is that GameStop is still running bare minimum hours. So the, yep. they only have one person most of the time. So of course, if you're one person, you have absolutely no chance whatsoever of not only mandating masks, but also any sort of limit of customers in your store. You can't do either because you're going to be at the counter the whole time. You can't just, what are you going to do when someone walks in and be like, oh, excuse me, we're too full. Can you go outside and wait until I come get you? No one's going to do that. Or if they do, they're going to leave and not come back. I, I did, I was in a GameStop like a week or two ago and uh, and Mark actually was was enforcing that. Interesting. So like he just, he just would tell the person that was walking in just like, hey, we are at capacity. As soon as somebody leaves, you can come in. And I guess if you, but, because, but I, yeah, it, yeah, it depends on how assertive that that employee is. Like if they're if they want to avoid confrontation, then they're probably gonna just ignore it. Right. And most most GameStop employees that you ran into that were assistant managers and third keys, how do you think they would handle that? As opposed to Mark, who's a what? Mark's got to be a twenty year vet at this point. Yeah, twenty thirty years he's worked there. For, Forty or fifty. Um, <laughs> yeah, <he's... laughs> uh, he he was my he was my I promoted him to third key and a um assistant manager. He, he was my guy for a long time. I love Mark. So my, my favorite people. Um, so 
so I, I guess that's what frustrates me is GameStop could give them the tools to be successful in this endeavor. And, and yeah. like, for instance, you know, one of the big things, and this is something actually I'm thinking about posting this to the GameStop subreddit um, as someone who used to work there and who's now doing this at my store where I am mandating masks is I want to kind of tell them some of the tips I learned. And one of those tips is if you have somebody like if you had double coverage all day, one person could be at the door outside. And if you catch people before they come in and you say, hey, um, we're at capacity right now. Um, I'll just check in and see if, you know, when the next person's checking out, we'll get you guys taken care of. People are much more receptive to that. They don't like walking into a store and then being told they have to leave. It's it's a weird little mind trick, but it's just how it works. Yep. Like in their head, if you catch them before they come in, they just go, oh, okay, I can wait. But if they walk in the door and they're ready to shop and you say, oh, hey, can you guys wait outside, please? Then they have to walk back out and leave. And they feel it feels different to them. Uh, it's a psychological thing. I, I couldn't explain why it's a psychological thing, but it is. I've witnessed it. Um, now, so, <laughs> now yeah. I think you know that, that GameStop won't ever have enough hours to have that sort of thing though i and i and i i I do but i can't see how in this situation they i I mean i can't speak for them and i know that as a company they're losing money but they shouldn't be losing money right now they should be busier than they've ever been people are buying video games by the ton prices are are holding strong like none of it makes sense people have stimmies they got the trump stimmies so they got money in their (laughs) pocket (laughs) you know what i'm saying they got trump dollars burning a hole so with all these things, I don't understand. I don't understand how they don't have extra money to spend a little bit extra on payroll. And and, and yeah. again, this kind of goes back to my rant of the week earlier in the podcast. But this is one of those things where the where GameStop has can do the right thing, and and they they always try to get by on saying they're going to do the right thing without actually doing it. And that's what happened again here. Like they're saying, like we're going to do a mask mandate. Hole up. Here's how we're going to do it. You can't really enforce anything. And it just, it, it falls flat. And, and, and so unfortunately, once again, zero positive uh, reactions to the story. You know, they could have been like heralded, you know, as like, hey, look, they're doing something positive. Um, the article goes on to say, GameStop CEO George Sherman co-signed an op-ed in CNN today from a number of business executives calling for all state governors to require patrons to wear a mask when visiting our stores. So that's interesting, right? Because it also goes back to my rant of the week, but they want the government to mandate it to take responsibility off of them. And I get that because sometimes like I, I do get that because as a business, when I made the decision to require masks, that was tough because I knew I was going to make people mad. I knew I was going to lose some business, but it was the right thing to do in my opinion. And so I decided to enforce it. Um, and so like, I get what they're saying, but I don't see how it still fixes their current policy. And why can I just ask why do they have to wait until the 27th to enact this policy that this could go into effect right now? I, I don't understand like why there's a wait. Like it's not like you have to prep your customers. I mean, you know, what I was I, you know thinking what I mean? of that and I like actually like I was just thinking that exact same thing. Like why wait till the 27th? And I think the reason behind it is that I think the only thing that's going to enforce this at all or even tell the customer that it's a thing is that they're waiting on signage. I think the the only thing that's going to tell customers that there is any sort sure. of mask mandate is that they're going to put a sign up and then they're going to just hope that the customer listens to the sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that that does make sense. But don't they have like that thing now where you can just print off instant signage? <laughs> like it just seems like that would uh, be fast. But yeah, but I'm I'm assuming that they're probably going to have the sign be something something bigger and like that. Sure. Like, maybe they print through their marketing company and, that they can put up. And maybe too, they're waiting on more supplies too. Maybe they're making. I don't know how. Like if they're going to supply the employees with masks then. Or anything like that. Maybe they're waiting on something like that. Because I don't even know how GameStop's doing that. Like, if they if they said, hey, everyone who's working has to wear a mask, you have to supply your own? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I would assume they provided the masks. But um, but with the way things are going, masks are going up in price again. So if they're smart, they should buy a whole are bunch they really? really cheap. Oh. Yeah, so I bought a bunch of masks for the store. Originally, it was like 60 cents a piece. That sucked. Because you know these things are dirt cheap to make. When I bought the yeah. second batch, I got them for 20 cents a piece. Last time I went to buy some more, they were 40 cents a piece again. So like, I just bought like a thousand. It was like, just this should hold me over for a few months and hopefully the price goes back down. You know Um, what you should do? I I was thinking about this. Um, You should, you should have like a different color mask and you should give the different color mask to the people that you assume are going to be a problem. And just keep a running tally of if you're correct or not. Oh, interesting. I like <laughs> I like how you're a company. Um, but again, that goes that goes back to what I started to say originally too, which was like it, it really does come down to the the payroll. Um, it comes down to how many people you can have working. And like I always have two people working at the store, and sometimes I have three. GameStop should be exactly the same. Like when, when they're really skimping on hours, especially now when their business and their foot traffic is up, I guarantee they know their transaction count is up. It has to be unless there's something wrong with their product flow, which is possible. We know that they've been doing a lot of like five buy three, get two free deals and stuff like that. They're ordering very little product. Like they, they're getting like, if they pre-order it, like when a new game comes out, like ghost of Tsushima they get exactly what the pre-orders are at like not a single one. Crazy. Crazy. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm torn on this. I think that they are making a mistake again. I think this is, this is almost as, as big of a flub. They had a chance to really try to redeem themselves, show that they care about their workers and their worker safety. And I feel like this is a half-assed approach and I don't like it. And I'm disappointed. And I say this all the time. I don't want games up to go away. I want them to get better. And I feel like every time I say that, they get a little worse. (laughs) So I don't know if they're just doing this now to piss me off or if they're just doing it to spite me. But I I just want them to get better. I want them to treat their people better. I want them to treat our friends who still work there better. Like, I don't want my friends jobless, and I don't want that company gone. And I know it's funny. Um there are people who disagree with me who who I podcast with frequently you know who we are and and he he would say you know what I don't want GameStop to go away I just want the ones near me to go away that's what he would say because <laughs> he owns a game store as well and 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 I get it it's competition um and he's more competitive with them cuz he carries new games he does pre-orders and everything too which is on a level of stuff I'm not I'm not at yeah but uh you know so I guess I don't know I just I look at that and I just say I I I I feel like it's a, it's a it's a missed opportunity again and it's it's one more. Why can't the upper and middle management at this company ever get it right? I don't know what else to say about it. I just I just I don't know what to say. Like I I get that they're worried about their employee safety from getting beat up, but you're not worried about your employee safety from getting sick and getting their family sick. You know, I it's I I don't I, I can't my brain I can't I can't balance that in my head. 
I don't think that George Sherman is the right guy to turn the company around. Like, I just don't, I don't think he's handled this, this virus the right way. And even before the whole COVID thing, I think his ideas on how to make more profit as a company just don't jive with like gaming in the last 20 years. Like he, he looks at like, he, he almost wants to turn the, the company into like an arcade slash like um um oh yeah like the rental birthday party rental yeah and, yeah, yeah and it's just like yeah because all those all those businesses do so well like yeah. the the only place i can think of that that does decent business and it has lasted um is that that edge vr that we have in town oh yeah yeah they're great too. Um, it's a cool but, place but otherwise, like, do you remember back in the day where there was a, game, a place called Joysticks? Oh, yeah. I think? I, oh, yeah. I did a lot with them, actually. Like, we, we had, like, a kind of, I mean, as much as I could as, as a GameStop employee, we had, like, a partnership as much as we could have. You know, like, we, 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 we had, like, we would give coupon deals there. Like, um, we would have handouts there for our pre-orders. They would give us coupons to give out to customers, bag stuffers, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, how long did they last? Oh, my goodness. It, maybe a year or two. If if yeah, I mean, maybe then, a couple years if I'm like off a little bit on that, but it wasn't very long. But also there was that, their like, whole business model was start arcade uh, that that showed up and like yeah, tried yeah. to tried to recruit some of my employees, and I was like, you may not want to, you you may want to stick with me. And, and what really <laughs> they, sucks, they lasted like four months. Yeah, the, the and and it, that was really unfortunate. I know the people who tried to start, like not the people who owned it, but the people who were in charge of running it, and they're okay. really nice people too. And it really like there was a bunch of stuff that worked out for them to have issues and why they didn't open or stay open. Um, and it's really unfortunate cause that could have been something really cool, but it was, there was, it was like the perfect storm, you know, but yeah, but, but I get your point their menu, about like food wise, their menu was terrible too. It was like, I was like gas station food. Well, I always said I wanted to go there and I never got to before they were closed. And this was before COVID. Like this was, this was, I think they closed a year before COVID, I think if not longer. Yeah. Well, they closed right around the holidays. I, I believe yeah. a couple years ago, but like those ideas, like those ideas, they don't last. And GameStop is like looking at those types of ideas being like, yeah, this is where our company should trap or yeah. test the waters. It's like, no, it's, it's it's like what we talked about in that PowerPoint presentation that the um that the shareholders brought up was that they're like they're saying these things are innovative when they're they're things that you would do to try to catch up to the other businesses. So you can't use these as a way of saying we're going towards the future when you're do, you're playing catch up with the rest of the world. Um, yeah. And then so just as a quick a quick reminder in case anyone had forgotten the story we talked about in March the GameStop fought to have the company deemed essential so that it could keep selling video games while at the same time being unable to provide employees with proper equipment to keep themselves safe. The company later told employees to ignore law enforcement officials who might try to shut down the businesses that were still operating during the chaotic early days of the outbreak. And uh, they were the ones who like, they had a sheet that you could print off that you were supposed to show law enforcement. If they came by that said, we are. Yeah. And, and, (laughs) and ultimately, uh, you know, led to a bunch of, hogwash um, yeah like a couple stores actually got shut down in in philadelphia i believe yeah there were some rumors to it like they lost their license and they were forced like i'm very curious like what the actual truth was there because there was a lot of like you know stories that came out about it but um i just think they really missed the mark again and it makes me sad like i want them to be good i want them to be positive and and yeah obviously if they do like a mask mandate in the city that 
gives GameStop the ability to tell their customers, hey, it's not us, it's the city. But they could also just take ownership over and say, hey, we're doing it to be safe. And and I'll tell yeah. you, so we've been doing it for 52 days now, 55 days of requiring masks. I mean, John, I've maybe had five people give me a hard time about it. And four of those five or two, three of those five people never like probably will never come back. And, and otherwise the, the, the hundreds of other people I've serviced, they're all happy and they're fine with it. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's not like, like they're looking at it, worried about losing the five customers and they're not able to quantify the number of customers they're losing by not mandating it. Because there are people that don't want to go shopping at any store that doesn't require masks right now. But you yeah. can't quantify that, right? Because people who who walk into your store expect everyone to wear masks and there aren't people wearing masks, they usually just leave. <laughs> so if they just leave, and you don't know that they didn't that they left, you know? Those five people that they're worried about, they're gonna be dead soon anyway. Well <laughs> So who cares? You're losing their money in the anyway. Yeah, you're stressing about the you're stressing about the wrong people. Right. You know, and and, and I, I believe that and I I think this is another miss for them. Makes me sad. So with that being said, John, <laughs> that's our story for the day. We're gonna move on. Of course, we have our pickup piles of the week. We have our games of the week, but we have first the hottest new game show. Number the number one <laughs> rated podcast audio only game show on Game in Talk time on, slot. on Game Talk Radio <laughs> in the current time slot. Uh, did we ever finalize a name on this? We didn't, did we? Uh, Greg's ga- guess the game game. Guess <laughs> guess Gam Gam's <laughs> game corner. Um, let me let me bring up some of the options again, and I am gonna put this on Twitter eventually and be like, hey, y'all should vote on this. Um, so we had Greg's guess. Oh, you know what it was? It was cover to cover. I like that cover to cover. So that's 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 you know what? I'm not even gonna put it on Twitter. That's what we're calling it. All right. It's cover to cover with Greg and uh, hosted by John. Is it Greg's cover to cover hosted by John? That sounds weird. It's just cover to cover hosted by John. That way, if we ever have a under guest, the under the covers with Greg under the co- <laughs> I, I kind of like that <laughs> under Greg's covers. No, that's that got weird all of a sudden. Uh, under the cover. I was going for weirder. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. like that. There's a whole there's like a whole bunch of stuff I like there. For for now, I'm gonna you know what. We will put it on Twitter. I like cover to cover. Right. You like undercover, Greg. <laughs> under Starring, the covers. Under with the Greg. covers with Greg. <laughs> which who doesn't love? Who wouldn't love that? And I know everyone out there wishes they could. Maybe not. Uh, I just I know I've got Jen's vote and your cat's. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. All right. Uh, so how many do you have? Or, to say, or Jen's gonna pipe in on Twitter, Twitter, and be like, "Yeah, I'm not that into it." <laughs> Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, no, I. Well, she could argue that maybe she likes me better over the covers. Uh, I have a bunch, but we'll we'll figure out how uh, how many we're gonna do. Sounds good. All right. So, PlayStation One game. Okay. Marble Master. <laughs> okay. Um. I can see it in my head, but I'm getting it confused with the cover to Gubble. Um, Gubble? Do you you have that game? Because the cover would mess you up. 
Um, okay, so this is gonna be tough. I I may not get the point for this because I know what's on the cover, but I don't know if I can describe it enough to get credit. So it'll be up to you. Uh, I, um, if you can describe the thing that's in the main yeah. smack dab oh. center. Oh, I'm gonna get there. I'll give it to you. Oh, I'm gonna get there. Um, so Marvel Master, I don't know anything about this game. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's like a Marvel Madness slash Tetris garbage game clone, uh, if I had to guess. But if I remember correctly, the cover of Marvel Master... Okay, I'm going to try to set this up. I don't, I don't want to give too many details in case I'm wrong, but I'm just going to tell you how I see it. How I see it is it's got kind of like a silverish background. There's a big green, like, spiky tooth monster on the cover. And then the words Marble Master are like, they almost look like a, the writing on a vintage car, right? Like like if it would said like Chevelle or like a, like a 57 Chevy would have the word Chevy the way it's written, if that makes sense, you know? Um, but, uh, but I'm thinking, yeah. like, I'm seeing the silver background with, like, a green spike tooth monster. Okay. Uh, I would describe this as closer to, like, it, it reminds me of, like, font-wise of, like, um, a pinball machine yeah. font a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I would say you got, you got this. Yes. Uh, also, this game appears to be, like, some sort of weird like really really bad puzzle game like tetris mm-hmm. where you're like dropping marbles that have numbers down um and and it looks nothing like the the weird like smiley monsters that are on the front look nothing like what the actual game is which looks like a math equation it's just bad all right <laughs> but yeah if, if you get a chance look up the cover of gubble and you'll know what i'm talking about that's okay. got that that's got if i remember correctly that's like a it's got like a green monster that's got like three or four balls that make up like his body, like a snake ball monster. And so Gubble Gubble messes me up. I think there's like little arms, so it's creepy. Anyway, sorry, that wasn't I'll one of the check games. That out. Okay. Uh, PlayStation Two game, Sitting Ducks. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I could see it, but uh, hmm. Okay, Sitting Ducks. Hmm. <laughs> this is a tough one, man. I think you got me on this one. <laughs> Sitting Ducks has... Oh, it's got like a... I think it's a green background. And I want to say the word Sitting Ducks is like outlined in orange. And... I'm trying to think... I think there's... One duck on the cover facing left... Oh, I can't see it. I can't. I can't. I think you got me, man. I can't see it. Okay. Uh, is there are three ducks on the cover? Okay. They are riding Vespas <laughs> with uh, a crocodile sitting behind the the main duck who's wearing a bow tie. That's not what uh, I saw in my head either. So I wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> They are adhering to the motorcycle helmet rule, uh, which is good. Nice. Uh, so, you, so you did not get sitting ducks. Dang it. Okay, so I'm one for two on the day so far. All right. Uh, what is the American release of Castle of Shikigami look like? Castle Shikigami 2 for PS2? Nope, the first one for PS2. Um, is that, is that Mobile Light Force 2? 
<laughs> so yes. that, that's that. That's yeah. That's so that's got the Charlie's Angels three ladies, and then it says Mobile Life Force two on the front. They're kind of like okay. Yeah. Hey, that was a good I one. Tried to, I tried to throw Greg a uh, a curveball <laughs> because in the U.S. Mobile Life Force, uh, well in the in the U.S. Castle Shikigami, which is a, like an occult uh, vertical scrolling shooter uh, with like lots of like demonic themes. They scrubbed all of the demonic themes out of it, like via the story text, and then they put it into like they converted it into a game called Mobile Light Force, which just is the most generic looking crap ever. That that uh, that, that cover, like to know that because I I didn't I've never played Castle Shikigami. Like I have two because I know it's a shmup, but yep. like and I knew that that's a good game. Like I looked at it, I was like, I know that's a like a good shmup, and and like the cover makes no sense. Like. That one, and then the cover of that game for Super Nintendo called Phalanx. It's another. Yep. It's like a horizontal shmup, and it's got just a hillbilly sitting on his porch, and there's a very small spaceship going across the sky. In the <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the marketing teams. I don't know what they were thinking. It's hilarious. Uh, and then just for trivia's sake, for people listening, Mobile Light Force 1 was on PlayStation 1, and they came out at this same time. Uh, so it's not like there was like this was the sequel to it and it very much isn't the sequel to it because mobile light force one is the capcom game gunbird so if you were to buy oh mobile light God. force one and two they were <laughs> totally different series that play completely differently interesting see i didn't know that 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 was cool man that's a cool tip cool uh all right know your game stuff so you are two for three two for one or two for three, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Uh-huh. Numbers are hard. Uh, Crimson C2 for PlayStation 2. Oh, let's see. Uh, that's published by Koei? Um, yep. Uh, you know, it does not have a character on it. Um... Crimson C2. Hmm. <laughs> it's got a... Oh, man. That's a tough one, too. Man, you got some really good ones this week. Um, Crimson C2. So, I know it sounds stupid. The words Crimson C2, I want to say, are near the bottom of the box. It's the number two, not Roman numerals. I want to say it's like... It's got kind of a... The whole box is like red. And I don't think there's a picture of a character. So I'm, and it's almost like a swirling vortex, kind of almost like maybe like a galaxy or something in the background. How close did I get? <laughs> uh, there's two characters on the cover. Oh man, I way whiffed on that. Uh, yep, there's a dude uh, holding a weird dragony-looking gun, pointing at the screen. The first Crimson Sea was actually an Xbox exclusive, and then the sequel was only on PlayStation 2. And it's basically Dynasty Warriors sci-fi. Uh, which oh. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have, like... I'm, I'm surprised that we're not playing Crimson Sea 3 Empires and, and stuff at this point. So, so I would have been wrong anyway, but the Crimson Sea 1 box is what I was looking at. Like, in my head, that's okay. what I saw. But I was still wrong because there's a character on that one, too. So, man... I'm only fifty percent today. I've I've never missed two in in a week before, man. This is not good. It's not All good. right, uh, PlayStation One game, uh, arcade party pack by Midway. Oh sure. So um, 
that has a uh, like a, a red background. Uh, it's yellow lettering. Says Arcade Party Pack. Pack is P A K. And I want to say it's got. I don't think it has pictures of the games. I think it just has the names of the games. Like maybe their logos. Maybe like four on each side, left and right side of the box. Uh, you are pretty damn close. Uh, I'm gonna give you the point. Can you name some of the games on this? There are six of them. Arcade Party Pack Midway. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Is one of them 720? Yep. Um. <laughs> oh man, that's really tough. Uh, some mid- Midway classics. Uh, is that like a, a rip beer tapper? Uh, I don't know if it's not on here, but I don't know if Root Beer Tapper's Midway. Um, so you got Clax, Clax, Smash TV, yeah, Tubin, Tubin, uh, Super Sprint, and Rampage, and Seven Twenty. Interesting, cool. I think the the most played on here for me was probably uh, Rampage and Smash TV. I loved Seven Twenty, like as a kid. But God, that game sucks. It did not age. Uh, Can I see the cover real no. quick? No. Just... Sure. Okay, so it wasn't on the side, but it was on the bottom. Okay, okay. Yeah, Arcade yeah. Party Pack, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, PlayStation 1 game, Van Ark. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, Van Ark. Um, if I remember correctly, it's another shmup. Um, it's the cover, Van Ark is at the bottom. There's kind of like a circular space station above the logo and then i think it's got like it's like in space so but the van ark logo is really weird it's like it says van ark and in the middle of the words like a big v or like the the the, it's like something about the space station or something or whatever i think is or maybe it's the spaceship is kind of right in the middle of the logo for van ark final uh you're the judge Is there anything else on the cover? Oh, let me run it back. Let me run it back. Um, I'm going to say no. I think that's it. That's all I can remember. I don't know. The back of the box says that there's four accuracy levels, including auto-adjusting. I don't know what the hell that means. It just just moves (laughs) for you or what? (laughs) Shooter accuracy levels rated from novice to ace. Okay. Uh, so okay, it's yeah, not I was... a spaceship, and then there's a bunch of anime characters yeah, around. Yeah, look it. at that. I don't remember those anime characters. Don't stick out. And for some reason, I thought the logo was at the bottom of the case too. Yeah. Uh... If it's up to me, John, I'm not giving me the point. Okay. I'm, 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 I was I'm, thinking that as well. I'm thinking I'm three for six today, and I'm not happy about it. Okay. You came. You came. You came to fight today. You're not laying down for this. Getting six out of seven and seven out of eight this week. All right, you sure as hell should get this one. Uh, I'm going, I'm going with a, a little bit outside of the, the norm. It's a PSP game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops Plus. Yes. So thank you for the gimme. Uh, that one's got <laughs> a navy blue cover, and it's just got a close up of the side of Big Boss's face. And I think, are there, I think know. there might be a couple soldiers like. 
lined up in front of him, like saluting, or there's a big hand or something. It's something with a salute. Okay. It's it's big boss saluting. Saluting, and then, a, and then yeah, there's there. a bunch of soldiers on the bottom there. I don't. I don't have the the regular version of Portable Ops. I only have Plus. That one. Uh, well, Plus is weird too because Plus doesn't include the original Portable Ops. It's just like it's just like extra missions and, and practice modes and stuff. Like it doesn't. So it's, it's kind of like the. Uh, what is the? What was that Metal Gear Solid uh, side game? Where, oh yeah, VR missions. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, kinda. All okay, right. So four, Jade... four out of seven. Jade Cocoon. The first Jade PlayStation Cocoon. PlayStation 1. Uh, Jade Cocoon is a double-disc fat jewel case. There were two discs. It was Jade Cocoon, and it was a demo for something. What was the demo? What was the uh, demo? My copy only has one disc. Hmm. Well, there was a demo for something. I forget what it was. Originally, they came with it. Um, might have been Legend of Gaia or something like that. But in any case, um, it it has uh, so it's like a, a darker background, and I want to say it's got like it's like a metallic hornet, like it's like an insect of some sort, and I want to say he's on is he on the left side of the box, or he's around the logo or something like that. But yeah, it's basically it's like a it's a, it's an insect, a robotic looking insect. Yep, I'm gonna give that to you. Sweet. <laughs> he's the, in the um, middle. I, I, man, I'm gonna have to start walking around my store every Wednesday and just like looking at all the cover art boxes <laughs> to get myself a refresher because you're, you're beating me up today. I mean, these are tough. These are all tough. Now I don't know if this one came with a demo because the the version I've got the double disc case. Um, instead okay. of it having a spindle to hold another disc. It's got the PlayStation logo on the little disc disc nipple area. And there's nothing on the front, right, that says anything about, um, like, a game demo or anything inside? Nope, and it just, uh, on the on the front, it has a little logo that says one disc down below. Oh, well, then I'm probably wrong. I swear that game wrong is about, something. You gotta, you gotta stop guessing about the number of discs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at that. Yeah, like, I'm oddly terrible at that. I gotta stop. You're right. All right, so that puts, right. Us, that puts us at... I think you're even. I think you're four and four. Or no, five and four. Five and three. Five and three. Five and three, yep. So five out of eight. All right? right. Okay. Wrecking right. Crew, drive dangerously. Wrecking Crew, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for PS4 or Xbox One? Uh, for PlayStation 1. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking Wreckfest. Sorry. Okay, Wrecking Crew. Um, so <laughs> this I can only tell you what I see in my head. Okay, I'm not a psychic. I can only tell you what is going on rattling around up here. Um, it is. I see like a skull and crossbones. It must I think it's on a flag, and I see all the characters on the front, like characters from the game, and they're all hand drawn like a '90s cartoon. Um, I, okay. I could not go into any more detail. I don't think about the characters. I just, I just, I'm seeing like a skull, I think on a flag, like a pirate skull. Um, and that's, uh, that's all I got. Uh, that's all at uh, wrecking crew is, or is it, is it maybe boats? Like it's not cars. Is it boats? Like it's all, they're all pirates. Uh, no. it's actually, it's actually a, uh, a crewing game. Uh, it's, 
Just a bunch of, just a bunch of yuppie yacht <laughs> yacht going dorks at Yale. Ah, nice, uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm gonna give you a half a point here. Oh boy, because uh, there is no skull and crossbones, what? man. Uh, but you did get the the characters that are hand drawn. Well, that's um, very generous of you, and I'll take the half point. But thank you for that. I yeah, that, that was pretty generous. That that was that was a judge's <laughs> decision on that. I. You're more generous than I probably would have been on that. But I'll take uh, my half point. We'll do two more. Well, wait. One more, I think, takes us to ten. Okay. Do ten. We'll do one more. Let's do nice and round right. numbers. So right now we're, right. we're five right. and a half out of nine. Ugh, that's terrible. I'm disgusted with myself. All right. Streak Hoverboard Racing. That was also for PS1. Yes. It had five discs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just kidding, everybody. Um, it's the it's the new uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator on ten discs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be dope. <laughs> um, okay, streak. I feel like the logo is at the bottom of the box. Single disc jewel case. It's got like a maroonish purplish hue. And it's just got a guy, like a purplish or, or maroonish colored guy on a hoverboard on the front. Kind of like skip, skip skating around. <laughs> uh, what other games did this company develop, do you know? Oh, uh, I don't think I do. What what company is it? Single Track. Oh, yeah. Um, so Twisted Metal. Um, and then Critical Depth. And I believe they were Jet Moto as well, weren't they? I don't know. Was Single Track Jet Moto? I thought that was Nine Eight Nine. Well, they were. They changed their name to Nine Eight Nine years later. Uh, the first two Jet Motos, I believe, were Single Track. Interesting. I could see that though. I always, uh, I'll always remember them for uh, for Twisted Metal. It's you know what's funny is the Nine Eight Nine. Back in the PlayStation days, was like the kiss of death. Like they made garbage. They were always like a follow up uh, to to a good game. They would do like the follow up, and it stunk. Yeah. Right. And now, nine eight nine makes the MLB the Show series. They don't call themselves nine eight nine anymore. But now they are one of the most consistent and best sports games made. Mm-hmm. Although I would say in the early days, like. What, wasn't wasn't game day done by nine eight nine? I thought, and and in the initial early days, um, it, it was like pretty good, you know? Yeah, like so, like the first game day that was nine eight nine, that was pretty good. And then I don't know, like I always want to know how big that studio was because it always seemed like they had like four or five titles that were totally different in years. Like how big were they compared to other studios at the time? Yeah, they were definitely cranked out a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. But then I think back then it was a lot easier to to make games, so you could have multiple projects working. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Do you think do you think you deserve the point? Let's see. Uh, mm, back it up a little bit. Um, oh, that's tough because I again I keep thinking it's on the bottom of the logo. I got to stop saying that too and just start saying it. Um, well, I got the purple hue right, but. There were three people racing. That's up to you, Judge. Uh, we'll give you another half a point. 
All right, so that puts us at six One. out of ten. Ugh. Yep. Ooh, that was that was a tough week. <laughs> that was a tough week, dude. Those are some good ones. Those those, that, those were tough, and like I don't know that that sucked. Like I I norm I could see them all in my head, but not enough. <laughs> like the Wrecking Crew one, that one really smoked me up. Like like all my brain showed me was like a cover of like in my head I saw like ten heads that were all hand drawn on the cover, and when I saw the cover, I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it looks like, but for some reason in my head, it, I couldn't focus on that. That was a good one. It's good. Uh, that's a good challenging week, man. You gotta take you gotta take it easy on me, man. Jeez. You know, I the when I'm when I'm downstairs and I'm looking at the games that, that I want to grab, I can't grab anything JRPG. Like I feel like because it's <laughs> it's like I don't want you to be like, uh, there's an anime character on the box. Uh, he's got stupid hair. Uh, oh. I got it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a guy with swords and magic. I got it. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. And I actually really liked what you did last week too, with like the fighter, the cup, the fighting game theme or something. And like, if you did a racing theme one and I had to pick like what cars were on the cover, that'd be so cool. Like, and I know we did that with auto Modelista last week, but I, the, the thing with racing games, cause I've thought about that is that the, the cars on the covers of a lot of racing games are kind of obscure. Like, can you name the cover or the car on Gran Turismo one, two, or three? Um. Well, so Gran Turismo three doesn't have a car on the cover. It um, has the close up of a bumper or oh, okay. something on the yeah. cover. Um. Gran- uh, and that's kind of like Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo either one or two has like a so- a car under a sheet. So yeah, so so Gran Turismo One um, also does not have. I think that has a car under a sheet. It doesn't have like a car on the cover. I want to say Gran Turismo Two. I'm gonna look it up just because before I look it up though, I want to say it's like the tail lights of a skyline. Maybe I feel like okay. um, Gran Turismo Two. Nope, that just has like a like a a dashboard with a steering wheel. So that that doesn't have a car either. <laughs> And then Gran Turismo 3, I don't remember one. And then 4, I think 4 had the taillights. 4, four you actually... The... I can tell you oh, what's on the cover of 4. That's a, that's uh, a, a GT Ford GT. 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the new Ford GT is on yeah, the cover. Yeah, that thing's cool, damn. But but yeah, the a lot of cars on the covers of racing games in the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era are really difficult to yeah. determine what the hell they are. Yeah, that's weird. Um, that's weird. I was going to uh I was going to grab what the hell is it? Enthusiast, the the Square Enix, yeah, enthu- well, the Square Soft racing game. Enthusia. Yeah, so I was going to grab that, but then it's it's like the dashboard of like something from like the 1940s. Like it looks like the dashboard of like a like a high end fancy drug boat. It doesn't look like a oh, car. No. Um, and then like um, there was another racing game that I was gonna grab that was not the normal standard fare. That um, I could tell it's the it's some sort of Aston Martin on the cover. I forget what it is, but um, but yeah, the like racing games are kind of difficult. All right. So, well, well, maybe and, I won't have you do that then. <laughs> yeah, like like super runabout. Two, for instance, I was also going to grab, and I was going to, I was going to have you describe. But then that's a red car. Is like, that an RX seven? It is. It is a red car, but it is not an RX seven. It's an Alfa Romeo of some kind. Ah. 
Um, and I'll admit, like, so, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm weak on, on foreign exotics. Like, I do struggle a little bit with those. Lava yeah, like, they, me. they made some weird-ass choices with, with cars on the covers of the older games. Like, like I don't understand why they didn't pick the, like, kind of iconic cars that have existed for the past yeah. 40, 50 years. Or they would pick weird-ass angles. Like, like um, Juiced 1... I believe it. It is has like it's like the very extreme close up of a R thirty. I think it's an R thirty two Skyline. Or is it an, it, um, okay, so it's not an RX eight. Like for some reason, I have that in my head from that that game. I I'm pretty sure it's a Skyline on the the cover of the first game. Let me take a look. Uh, I think it's an R thirty four. And it's like a weird angle. Like I think it's got like muffler and then like the the extreme close-up of the bumper so it is uh no it's an it's an rx8 i was right is it yep but you're right about the weird angle yeah like i i don't understand why they wouldn't just like show you a decent picture of the car rather than because obviously they had to pay to have the car on the cover in the first place yeah why not let you actually see it plus uh i was also right about juiced 2 that had that was the one that had the evo on the cover okay I gotta find out which the heck. There's there's one game that is very bizarre that has a uh, a skyline on the cover, and I'm I'm trying to think of it, but apparently I'm bad at this game. <laughs> well, I didn't do very good today either. Um, so, but that was fun, man. So, thank you again for that. Um, there's gonna be a lot of booze in this week's episode, which which also reminds me, I forgot at the beginning of the podcast. I do have to apologize, to everybody. You would think it was uh, by design, but at the beginning of last week's podcast, you may have heard the podcast start with a boo, boo sound effect. Now, if I was a very talented editor and podcaster, you'd be like, oh, that was like a setup to later on in the podcast when he was going to hear the boos when he got one wrong. Unfortunately, no, I I imported it into the, the audio file. I thought I cut it and then pasted it later in the podcast, but I copied it and pasted it. And so it left it in the <laughs> beginning where I imported it and I didn't notice it until I listened to it uh, after it was uploaded. And I was like, I'm not changing. I'm not, I'm not taking this down, reworking it and re-uploading it. I'm like, it stays. So just in case everybody needed a reminder of how, just how mediocre and low budget this thing is. I just want to give you a quick reminder. Still you should the uh, guy doing it <laughs> this week when you're editing it. You should put "yay" in the front of it. I could, I like, could probably do, that. do the clapping. The start with the clapping. <laughs> I should just do the clapping throughout the beginning of the theme when you and I start talking, like we have a live studio audience. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so anyway, uh, moving on though, John, what is your game of the week this week? All right. So, my game of the week, I played the hell out of this series, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, for Sega Saturn, uh, and the Sega Genesis game in this series is also really good, Shining the Holy Ark. Uh, I I really love dungeon crawl RPGs in the first person from this era, and I, I played the hell out of this game on Saturn. Well, you played the hell out of a Saturn, that's impressive. <laughs> um but yeah I so do have I have a few good saturn games i believe the genesis one was called shining in the darkness yes and not to be confused with the shining force series totally separate right. um separate series 
Uh, Greg, what is your game of the week? Ah, thank you for asking, John. <laughs> um, my game of the week is for PS2. It's Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. <laughs> so it's based off of the um, Adult Swim cartoon show harvey birdman which had like that was where they were basically same with c-lab and some other shows back then they were taking like old hanna-barbera cartoons and repurposing them into like new things so this is this is harvey birdman and he now he's, he's an attorney and so the cool thing about this though is he, so he's a defense attorney is he a defense attorney i don't know if he, i don't think he's a prosecutor is he i don't it doesn't matter anyway he's an attorney well the cool thing about this game was that it plays just like a Phoenix Wright. It's it's like it's like a you actually like interrogate people and you have to like catch them lying or you have to like find clues based <laughs> on things. And so and it's actually published by Capcom. Now this was made by high voltage software, which I know that's not who did Phoenix Wright, but obviously there was some influence here from another Capcom published property in Phoenix Wright. So uh, they did this for the Wii and I believe the PSP. And if you look at the yep. cover art too, like it's got this really awesome, like, I don't know, eighties era, like hand painted cover art. It's just, is awesome. And if you look at the very back in that picture, it's kind of blurry, but you can see Guile has got his hair on fire in one of the pictures. Like they actually brought Capcom <laughs> characters into the game. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just wild. Um, I should, I should play that game. That sounds freaking funny. I, I own it. Um, on the PSP, the, all the Capcom games did that thing on the spine where they were doing like a design uh, on each cover and Harvey Birdman, I'm pretty sure was part of that. Oh, I I've never even heard of that. I'll have to look at that when I'm next time at the store. Did you not, did you not know that the, the spines had a design on them for Capcom? No, nope. Really? I'll, uh, I'll send you watch. Well, I'll uh, put a picture on Twitter. Cause yeah. I have, uh, I have, all, I'm pretty sure I have all of the Capcom games in the PSP thing. And the, it, it's like a wave design on the spine, and then they have a a character or an icon from each of the games on the spine that makes a design. It's pretty cool. Interesting. That's super cool. I'll I'll uh, I'll look forward to seeing that. Um. So uh, now with that out of the way, John, what is in your pickup pile of the week? How big is it? Cause remember last week, it was quite disappointing. I, I I've never been more disappointed in you than last I... week's pickup pile. <laughs> Well, I similarly haven't. Go- I didn't get a chance to go anywhere much this week, so I don't have much either. Um, so I uh, picked up um, Ghost of Tsushima. Have you uh, played it yet? Uh, only a little bit. Not not enough to. It's to really absolutely beautiful. I, it game. looks good. Um, I have been trying to track down a PlayStation copy of this game and finally got it. Uh, uh, wonderful one-on-one oh. remaster. Nice. Um, which I didn't... I, I'm surprised to see that Nighthawk Interactive published this game. Um, which might explain why I've had a very difficult time finding it. Well, it's also weird, too, because that was the big deal with that, right? Was that Platinum was going to get into publishing their own stuff. You know, that was like a big yeah. deal for them. Uh, so I, I got... Shenmue 3 with the steel case from Best Buy. Uh, they dropped it down to 20 bucks this week. Nice. So I picked that up. Very cool. Uh, and then as far as games, uh, Naruto Ultimate Shippuden Ninja hmm. blah 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 Full Burst <laughs> 3 
Why'd you even uh, buy that? <laughs> uh, because the the full burst version is the game plus DLC on the disc. Gotcha. I'm just uh, teasing, man. I don't care why you buy stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going <laughs> to add these in just because they're kind of tangentially re- related. Um, I picked up the uh, two seasons of Castlevania. On, on um, the from Blu-rays. Netflix. On yep, the Blu-ray. on Blu-ray. They were they were super super cheap. So that is a that is a fantastic cartoon. Uh, if you've not watched it, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. very good, and it's based off of the characters from Castlevania Three. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, hi- highly recommend the Castlevania show on Netflix if you haven't watched it. Well, and holy crap, the first season like like the reason that uh, Dracula becomes what he is is devastating and awesome yeah like like it they really did a good job humanizing that character which you wouldn't think you could do you know he's just a monster but no it was really well done yep totally agree all right what is in your pickup pile this week all right well it's not quite the banger pile that was last week okay last week was the bank-breaking pile of the decade, of the century. Um, but I got a couple of cool things in this week. So I got two of these. This is... I finally got these. These are 8-BitDose wireless Super Nintendo controllers. Now, okay. th- these aren't wireless Bluetooth controllers. These are straight up have, like, a wireless sensor that plugs into your Super Nintendo. Now, these are the ones that... Let me see if I can make this bigger for you. I can't actually see it. Oh, well, never mind. Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I have the Genesis version of these. They're my favorite okay. Sega Genesis controller. They're better than official. And they're rechargeable, uh, and they charge with just like a micro USB. Um, and then these can be used. You can, well, you can plug them into your PC with the cable, or you can use the wireless Super Nintendo controller adapter. Um, I haven't used these yet, but if, if they're anything like the Genesis ones, I mean, I'm sold. Because the Genesis ones, I think, are the best Sega controller you can get, the best Genesis controller you can get, and it's not made by Sega. Nice. Yeah, I've I've got a Super Nintendo 8-bit Doe controller for my my Mini, and they are fantastic. Yeah, and I've seen them before, and I, I like the idea of them, but I, I wanted one that would actually go to my Super Nintendo. And that surprisingly took a long time for this to come out. I pre-ordered this like six months ago, so I'm not quite sure what the hang-up was there, but I got them, and I got them now. Um, next up, I got a used copy of Sparklight for PS4. Um, this was like right. this was like ten dollars new at GameStop, I think, a few months ago, and I didn't get it. Um, but we had a used one come through, and it was cheap, so I picked it up. Nice. Uh, I got a PS4 copy of Shining Resonance Refrain. So that's the uh, I guess Shining Forces. You know, <laughs> this is this is what Shining Force has become over the years, the Shining series. I picked up a did, copy. Oh, did you have? Did you get the goofy tin outer case thing? Nope, just the regular. Okay. I'm not a big fan, like, like, and you'll see that actually in the next game after this next one. I, I don't like the extra collector stuff anymore, like the wild cases. I'd almost rather just have the regular, very consistent-looking bookcase look on my shelf. Um, next up for PS4, got a copy of Grip on PS4. Finally got one trade into the store. I wanted to play this game, and I didn't want to pay a lot for it, and so I didn't. Was it the Airblade version or the regular? It's the regular, and I think I'm okay with that, because I think the Airblade version cover looks stupid. I actually like this cover yes, a lot more. But the Airblade version comes with the DLC on the disc. That's cool. And if one ever gets traded in, I'll probably upgrade my copy. But for now, Grip, Wait. and I actually played this. This was kind of fun. The weird thing about the the 
version that comes with the DLC on the disc is the disc doesn't say anything about the Airblade version. I would assume it looks pretty much exactly like your disc. Oh, great. Um, but then it comes with the extra content. <laughs> Interesting. I'll have to look at that then, because that could be a future problem in the making. Um, what I had mentioned about not wanting the extra stuff, I got just a cased copy of Last Story. Uh, I've wanted this for a while, and we kept getting the collector's edition with, like, the. it looks kind of like a book that you open up and have stuff in it. And All of that cool Lester crap. It, it is cool, <laughs> but it, it defeats my look I'm going for on my bookcases. But you're right, it is cool looking. Um, so I, I still got have that. a sealed copy of that one. You know what's funny? I had a sealed collector's edition right before the COVID situation, and we sold it new for 50 bucks because that's what it was going for. Now sealed ones are going for like 100 to 150 and I should just I should have just parked it. I always park sealed games, especially RPGs, and I don't know why that one I just put it on the shelf. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I got two left. One is a complete in box copy of Dr. Mario 64. Uh, really nice condition when nice. I came through the store, so I was able to get that. And then lastly, this I this passed the first round of Greggy's, you know, trades, and I went back for it because I just love it. I love the cover art so much it has really good memories for me. But in that huge, awesome lot we got last week, we also got a Saturn copy of X-Men Children of the Atom. And I already have this on PS1, and I looked at the Saturn version, and I was like, well, I'm never going to play it on the Saturn. I'm never going to play it on the PS1, but I'm especially never going to play it on the Saturn, because I don't own a Saturn. Not that I don't have access to one, but I just don't own one. And I used to play this game all the time at Pizza Hut when we went there as a family, like we're waiting for the pizza to get there and you'd run out and children of the Adam was like the one game they always had there. And so I just want, I'm a huge X-Men fan, especially that era, the nineties X-Men from the cartoon and for everything was great. And children of the Adam, I don't know why, but I just, as when I first played this, I couldn't believe how awesome it was. Like, I remember just thinking like how cool the characters all looked. The sprites were just amazing. They didn't go for like a 3d look. Uh, it just was awesome, and then obviously led to bigger and better things like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, but ju- just awesome, and uh, so I see it, and I see that X-Men logo, and I see like the colorful box art and like Wolverine, Cyclops, and Colossus around the cover, and you're like, man, I, I had to take it. I had to take it home. I just I I, try, I do collect a lot of X Men games because of how much I love the X Men. So I get a lot of even the I mean, God, there's so many awful ones. Like the NES X Men game is is diabolically shit. Like it is it is just one of the worst <laughs> games I've ever played. It's not even a game. I don't even know. It's not, it's nothing to do with X Men. I don't know how they how they did it. I don't know how they got away with it. I don't know how Nintendo passed that garbage. Um. And then there's a You're Wolverine. You're making me want to play that now. Do you have? Oh, oh, you have it. I know you have it because you have mine, and uh, my old one. It's not mine anymore. I don't know. I say it like that. Dude, play that game sometime. It is, it is terrible. And you know me. Check that out. Like I say all the time. I say stuff like, "Oh, it's you know." There's a difference between a game being bad and just not liking it. That game's bad, and I I can defend <laughs> that to the end of time. Um, however, with that being said, that's it today that is the podcast everybody thank you as always for listening and watching you can follow me on twitter at game trade greg you can follow john on twitter at dryer combo i am sometime between now and next week i am going to post the the cover project the the guest the the name of the game the name of the game show we'll we'll go with whatever everyone votes for unless i don't like it then i'll just pick one <laughs> <laughs> because this is not a democracy here on game talk radio um, do you do you have a Saturn at your store? Yeah, I have like five right now, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like the one system that didn't get blown out during the quarantine. Like, people weren't beating our door down for Saturns. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if you didn't have a Saturn at your store and you were interested, I have like four of them nice. in front of me. <laughs> I got really, I, I got a Victor Saturn for a while and I was really happy Ooh. with that. And I thought that was really cool. And then I was like, eh, and I sold it at the store. I just wasn't, I was, wasn't feeling Saturn. Like I wanted it to have it, but I was never going to use it. That um, Victor Saturn, I, you should tell me when you have interesting systems like that. I will now. I seriously, that, I mean, that was probably five years ago or something. It was a long time ago. Well, I'm, I'm still mad. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. And of course you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh spotify we're on spotify now look up game talk radio thank you everybody always again for listening and watching say goodbye john have a good night we'll talk to you next time have a good one bye-bye